Hi, and welcome to Becoming Less, an Edmontonian journey to less waste, less impact, less consumption, and less clutter. Becoming Less is brought to you by Waste Free Edmonton, and together we're dedicated to waste reduction efforts big and small. I'm Biz, and today I'm here with Jennifer. Hi, how you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks for asking. (laughs) Jennifer is a wedding planner, and maybe other events too, or just weddings? Yeah, no, we do all sorts of events, social events, corporate events, you name it. But we we do a lot of weddings. We're going to focus on weddings today because we had a request, actually, from a listener. She's getting married, and she was like, I'd really like a little bit of tips and advice on how to keep my wedding as eco-friendly as possible. And this is also a passion for you, correct? It is. It is uh, definitely one of our our values, both the company as well as myself personally. I'm trying to learn more about waste reduction, sustainability, and I'd like to bring that into our own company values as well as our suppliers that we work with because it is a very it can be a very wasteful industry which it just really hurts my heart when I when I see what we do all the time. So I'm I'm learning, I'm here to learn and I'm I'm really looking forward to this episode. Well, I'm happy that you came on today to talk to us about this. Before we started recording, I was telling her that I don't know anything about weddings and she's like, "Well, I'm learning about going low waste. And so we're here to sort of teach each other. (laughs) (laughs) So top of your head, what do you think is the most wasteful part of a wedding? Top of my head, I guess, food, it's either going to be food or flowers. Okay. Off the top. Oh, but there's so many that are just keep coming to mind. And I don't want to sound negative about our industry because it is such a great industry and I love it. And we, we celebrate people and we create these lifetime milestone memories for people. So I believe it is very important what we do. Um, but there's things that we can, we can look at and start to change and tweak a little bit, which will, will hopefully make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, what do you want to dive into first? Because any topic within the industry and, and dive into it. Sure. Let's start with food. Food. Okay. So yeah, I, I mean, something that I was wanting to do before, co- I think I was telling you before offline that uh, before COVID hit, I was starting to do a bit more uh, investigating in my industry and talking to our suppliers here and local local venues and really understand where the waste is and what we could do to help you know, curb that a little bit. And then this literally was the beginning of 2020. So COVID hit really quickly, right when these conversations <laughs> were starting. So I'm just hoping to get back into them soon. And I haven't had a chance to talk to venues, but I I know that a lot of food goes to waste after events and just, I mean, on day-to-day basis, right? At restaurants, at, you know, any place that produces food for people, I'd love to know what do they do with that after? I do know that before COVID, there were some organizations that would take uh, leftover food from events, like like yes is one of them, but I, I haven't done the research yet myself to see who's taking it now or is anyone able to take it now since we're kind of getting out of COVID, kind of. <laughs> okay, <Hopefully>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that might be something for someone who's planning a wedding to look into is is whoever is catering or the venue that they're at to ask. Just ask what it is they do with leftover food. A hundred percent. Yeah. Do they feed their staff? which would be great. Do they, you know, can they donate to, to a homeless shelter? And maybe you can ask your venue specifically, like if there is leftover food from my event, can you please donate it to an organization that will accept it? Mm-hmm. 
on the flip side, if you're not using a venue, if you're using a caterer, there are certainly things that you can do in the food realm, food and beverage realm. Um, so let's say you're having a backyard event or a tented event at an acreage property. One big thing would be to not use any disposable plates or glasses, you know, the red solo cups, please <laughs> let us let us never see those at an event ever again for many reasons. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> renting dishware and renting glassware is, you know, number one, please do do that. And that way, you know, it's reusable and you're not having to throw things away. And then talking to your caterer about the menu. So where are they getting the food from? And, and do you have a choice to source things locally from local farms. There are a lot of fantastic caterers in Edmonton who do that as much as they can, you know, so that obviously reduces the carbon footprint of, you know, where the food is coming from and the ingredients. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking when it came to food is, you know, try to get your food as locally as possible. Definitely use reusable dishes, which I assume if you're getting catering, that's probably fairly automatic. Usually with catering, yes, but there are some bartending companies who just gravitate towards using those those horrific red solo cups. Okay. Which not only like they're very terribly wasteful, but they also don't look very classy for a wedding, in my opinion. That is true. <laughs> okay. All right. So food, use reusable dishes and try to get your food as local as possible and see what your venue or caterer does with leftovers. Yes. And can I add one more thing to food? You betcha. So, you know, when you're passing around appetizers and, or, you know, even at the bar, there's opportunity to not use plastic items. So like straws, obviously get rid of straws. You, you don't have to offer straws at the bar, even little cocktail napkins, you know, they are paper, so they're not horrible, but do you need to have piles and piles of cocktail napkins everywhere? you know, reusable napkins for sure for the meal would be smart. And then think about what's going into those hors d'oeuvres to serve them. Like often they are single use little plastic spoons mm. that an hors d'oeuvre is on or mm -hmm. little plastic cups or containers. So talk to your caterer and your venue about what they can use that's that's washable and reusable, that's glass or that's... Yeah. Or even like toothpicks or something that... Yeah. Well, that'd be better than than disposable stuff, but... Yeah, or get rid of the plastic, because I do think they have biodegradable or com compostable containers now. Which are not compostable in Edmonton, though. Oh, okay. So that is something to look out for, is that if if a container, like anything plastic that says compostable, they take very specific environments to break down, and our compost facility in Edmonton doesn't do that. It's an anaerobic digester, and so it needs moisture, it needs dark and moisture. So those usually require UV, okay. which ours does not have. So not compostable here. Good to know. Mm -hmm. So what happens to those? They end up going to the recycling. They're just garbage. Just garbage. Just okay. garbage. Yep. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what was the other thing you said? You said flowers. So now I understand flowers are actually really bad for the environment. <laughs> Yeah, they can be. And I did speak with a couple of florists to get kind of the, the lowdown on, you know, what what we can do in Edmonton. So Edmonton, we are in a tricky spot. We are nowhere near, <laughs> you know, where flowers grow naturally, right? Like we do, of course, have some small, small flower farms around the city, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the scale, in order to produce the flowers that we need, that we 
want to use at events. <laughs> Good correction there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are getting flown in. You know, of course, BC is a great flower, you know, spot. So if you can source many from BC, that's that's better than mm-hmm. overseas. But yeah, South America, Ecuador, or across in, in Europe, right, is where a lot of flowers do come from. And I bet people don't realize that. She's like, I imagine most people don't think that flowers come from all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. But yes, they are. They're absolutely flowing in multiple times a week. My plan before we decided not to do like the big wedding thing, (laughs) my plan was to just have the wedding at a time of year that we get wildflowers and then just go pick a bunch of wildflowers day of. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that's an option. But, you know, you could still, you know, that's maybe not for everyone, right? So there's still ways that you can lessen it, lessen Mm -hmm. your impact without having to go, you know, flower free, for example. Right. Uh, Because on the flip side, like supporting the industry that creates silk or plastic flowers might not be very good either, right? Right. Unless maybe there's somewhere that rents flowers that are like fake flowers. I don't know. Is that a thing? Well, yeah, there are some vendors, even locally, that use silk flowers, in their designs. So they would reuse those over and over and over. Okay. So that is a way for sure that you can kind of get that full flower look uh, without using all real. But I have to admit, I'm a lover of real flowers. And I think that they do make a huge impact on the design. Uh, So things that you can do, or at least talk to your florist about would be not using the Oasis foam. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's that green stuff that you just like show. Yep. Okay. (laughs) A lot of florists are starting to go away from that and use alternative materials. So the industry is making some progress in that, you know, focusing on seasonal flowers that are in their prime season is a great start. The waste that the florist actually has to use to transport flowers is something to consider and that that the industry we're trying to work on. So there's a lot of plastic, a lot of cardboard, mm-hmm. because especially in our climate, you can't just, in, you know, unless we're in the summer months, you can't just take flowers outside from a truck into a venue without covering them and protecting them. Or they'd just be instantly wilted and gross. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And same with how the flowers would arrive at the shop, right? They're all going to be, you know, packaged um, and have to deal with those and break them down. Okay. So, yeah, reusing as many items as possible, like water picks that the flowers are used in. These are all things on the florist's ends. It's just on the florist's end, rather. Uh, Not necessarily something that a bride can do themselves, but something to talk to your florist about. Yeah, just even to inquire and maybe like interview a few of them and see who kind of veers in the right direction the best, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so on the topic of flowers, let's segue into decorations. Yes. So decorations, I mean, renting, of course, versus buying or ordering from overseas is Mm -hmm. a big one, I think. There are a lot of those, you know, little wedding sites online where you can, you know, buy your decorations for very cheap, but you know where those are coming from. (laughs) Being conscious of your carbon footprint when considering decorations is important. When you rent, you're reusing them, right? Like they're being used by many, many dozens of people over and over and over. Right. I think that's the best way to go about in terms of decor. I have a very terrible relationship with balloons now. Because <laughs> I, yes, 
That's true. Every time I see balloons, I'm like, why? Why do we do this thing? <laughs> yes, I just completely, I, I X-nade them from my kids' birthdays now. So I ordered a reusable, like a banner that has their name, oh, each okay. of their names. Yeah. So I got that from a, like a Canadian you know, Etsy shop. And then oh, now every birthday they get their name with a banner and no balloons. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, no, balloons just need to stop. I don't care if they have better materials or whatever. It's still just one-time use plastic. Yeah. There's, I know there's it's, no such thing as environmentally friendly balloons. I know. And they've, they've kind of had a heyday. They've returned on the scene, you know, for years they were horrible and no one would think about using balloons because they were so dated and then now they've kind of <laughs> come back and you know using balloons on mat on mass is really trendy because yeah, I've, I've seen lots of like balloon arches and stuff yes yeah and it looks cool like I admit I'm a I love it I love the look the design element of it but yeah I'm so torn with that side the design and the waist it's yeah okay what what other major decorations are there? I guess mostly it's flowers and the archway and well, yeah, chairs and linens are things we rent a lot. We already talked, we already touched on like dishware and glassware. Oh, candles is something to think about. Okay. So if you're just buying, you know, single-use candles or tea lights and then tossing them after an event, that's not very good. <laughs> so a couple alternatives. A rental company, rental companies are starting to carry these oil votives where you can, they're refillable. And so they're just, you know, I think they're made of plastic, but you refill them with the oil so they can be rented out and reused again and again at events. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's now some new LED candles. So for a long time, the LED candles, they just looked so fake compared to real candles. Yeah, they look so much better now. Now they look so much better. Yes, they actually have a flicker to them. Yeah. I think that is a really good option because, you know, I didn't want to, I admit, I didn't want to use LED candles for years because they look like LED lights. They don't, yeah. don't look nice. Yeah. But now that they have those options, I think that's really great for events because we don't have to worry about buying candles. The wax is not great anyway. We damage tablecloths a lot with the wax spilling over. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I guess you don't have to worry about danger. Like if one gets knocked over, you're not going to light a fire. Yeah, <laughs> Well, and a lot of couples, you know, they want that look of those taper candles on the table with amongst flowers. And, you know, uh, most venues don't allow that. You have to have it covered by glass. So if you switch to a, an LED or a fake candle, then now you can get away with that. You don't have to have the glass covering. Right. It. Okay. So if somebody did want to use real candles, if they were like, no, I want the real deal, mm -hmm. my recommendation would probably be to try to find a local apiary that makes beeswax ones. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then at least you're supporting local and they're mm -hmm. natural, uh, natural wax versus the petroleum wax. And really, if you have leftover nubs of a candle, you can just melt them and put a wick in them and then bam, boom, you combine them into a new candle. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a really good suggestion. Yeah. So if you're, if you're desperate for the real deal, there is that option too. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, what else? Well, there's stationery, right? There's oh, paper there's goods. the before the wedding parts. <laughs> yeah, signage. Well, I mean, some of it's at the wedding. You know, with paper, you could consider using recycled papers. You can consider reducing the amount of paper you're actually sending out. So keeping your invitation, you know, very simple on a single card. And then maybe the rest of the information is going on a wedding website mm -hmm. instead of sending out, you know, a package of 
10 papers with all the different information. Some couples are, especially with COVID, it's kind of forced us to go electronic in some occasions. I still am kind of a a nut for etiquette. And I think that you should mail out a hard copy invitation. It is a wedding. It's probably the most formal event you'll ever host. But some couples like to do electronic. And that certainly would be the most environmentally conscious way to do it. Yeah, I do believe that the last wedding I went to, we got an electronic invitation. And I was I was very thrilled about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely the most uh, waste conscious way for sure. I guess on that note with stationary. So at the wedding itself, you'll often have seating arrangements of sort, right? Mm-hmm. Tell you where you're going to sit. Something that we've been trying to implement with our clients are um, instead of kind of single use seating arrangements using materials like acrylic that we can deckle, then the acrylic can actually be reused again for someone else. So the company that we would use to to print on it or to deckle it will actually take it back and use it again. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's a nice way rather than just printing a seating, seating chart on like a foam core board and then what do you do with it? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that's a great idea. Yeah, I guess there would be lots of signage because you probably have to be like, you get like little place cards and stuff I've seen. Yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah. A lot of weddings you have to, depending on the um, the meal. So if it's a plated meal, venues might require you have a place card that shows who's sitting where. But yeah, you can use, there's lots of acrylic is really in right now. So table numbers that can be reused, you know, buying those on a buy and sell group from another, you know, another couple that has used them at their wedding. Lots of signs are like that. You know, you can get wooden signs made or chalkboard signs out of, you know, those can all be passed around and reused rather than just a single use paper sign. I would love to have a tiny little chalkboard sign with my name on it at my seat. I'd be like, yes, the the world's tiniest little chalkboard. That would be adorable. (laughs) Exactly. So I, I think the chalkboard look is really great. I think I think the black chalkboard with the chalk on it is actually quite classy. Like high-end coffee shop and, you know. Yeah, right. It can it can work with lots of different designs for sure. I like that. Um, one other example, what we're doing with a couple, they both love, love reading. They love books. So we're making a place card that's going to double as a guest favor. So it's going to be a little a rectangle acrylic, you know, I guess a, a acrylic bookmark is what it is. And it's going to have a little tassel on it okay. and have the guest's name. So it'll be at their place, it'll have your name, and then you take it home and you use it as a bookmark. Okay. Now on the topic of favors, because that's something that is going to be incredibly wasteful. (laughs) (laughs) Even just that, even that I'm like, "Mm, how many people are actually going to use a bookmark? You don't think so? Uh, I'm a big reader and I even use a Kobo. So it's like, I want to use a bookmark. (laughs) But I mean, it's, it's a lovely idea, but... I can see a lot of those, most of those ending up not getting used. Well, I mean, favors we we often don't recommend unless they are something that's either edible or very personal to the couple because, yes, exactly, most of them don't go home. But things that are personalized that have people's name on them, we found, you know, through hundreds of weddings, people do take those. They really like them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if it's really special, if it's something that makes sense with the, the couple, the wedding and people, we do find that they take home. Otherwise, we suggest put that money into the guest experience, put it into the open bar, put it into, you know, something else that's part of the day. Yeah, I like the idea of of the edible favors. 
Because I feel like even if somebody doesn't like it, they probably know someone who does or someone at the at their table probably does. And then they can just double up. Right. Mm-hmm. Those like anything edible. It's just that anything edible has some sort of vessel that it needs to be carried out in. Right. I was, yeah. I was just going to say that a lot of the times the edible favors are in like a little plastic box of some sort or. Yeah. You'd have to consider what you wrap it in or what you you put it inside first. Right. Yeah. One thing, one favorite idea that I had was tea, like loose tea. Mm-hmm. So if you, if everyone got like a bag of tea with maybe the couple's name printed on it, that'd be like special. You could take it home. You can use it. I don't know. If I you drink tea. If you drink tea. <laughs> yeah. But again, edible things. If you don't drink tea, you probably know someone right. who does. Somebody will eat it or drink it. Okay. So do you just forego favors altogether then? The majority of our weddings do, yes. We forego we forego them. Is that passe now? Kind of, yeah. Oh. See, I'm so out of touch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for for a few years there, you know, dessert tables and candy tables were kind of a big thing. And so we would say, you know, just let that be your favor. You know, people can fill up a little pouch or box bag of candy and that's their favor. They take home, it's edible, it's on one table. It's great. And you know, that's very popular. It has been. But yeah, I would say 75% of our couples don't really do favors anymore. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because I always thought that that was like, like a big deal for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm kind of glad to hear that people aren't forcing you to take something with their name on it. Yeah. I think people, <laughs> I think people are realizing that, it. you know, they've been to weddings themselves and they've been like, ah, I'm not going to use this. I don't want this. So they're realizing that it is pretty wasteful. Okay. So was there anything else as far as like waste of the actual day that you're thinking of? I do have one other thing we could talk about kind of before the wedding. Sure. Okay. Pre-wedding. The, well, the attire. So where you're getting your attire from. Okay. That is one thing that I was going to touch on. You bet. Okay, great. Specifically um, the dress. Yes, the dress. Because <laughs> generally tuxes get rented, but dresses do not. Yeah, not generally. It's, you know, some one option if you want to really be conscious of waste um, would be, you know, getting a used dress, buying it from someone who's worn it already. Uh, but there are local Canadian designers that are designing beautiful wedding dresses. So that is a thought. At least you're getting them made here in Canada versus overseas. What are your thoughts? I imagine the fabric still comes from overseas. But Pumps yeah, right. that is one one step, one improvement. One small step? <laughs> one small step towards lower impact. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I... There are so many dresses out there and not every single person needs to have their own unique dress. Pick one that you like, that looks good on you, but you don't need to spend an extra thousand dollars on this dress you're going to wear for one day and then you're just going to get rid of and or have trouble getting rid of because no one else wants it. (laughs) So would you say that's kind of a mindset shift that, I mean, that's in our culture in general, we need to shift our mindset on on consumption, especially with attire. Oh, gosh, don't get me started on I'm sure you've already waste. done episodes on this. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a few episodes on clothing, yeah. It is insane 
It is insane the amount of textile waste that we go through as like the entire world, actually. Mm. So as much as you can, just get things used, keep them going as long as possible. So yeah, I really, really would advocate for getting a used wedding dress if you can. Yeah. And you can change them, right? Like you have, if you get a used wedding dress and then alter it a little bit, maybe you want to change something about it. It's probably still cheaper than a brand new one. Well, absolutely. I mean, and I don't think people mind that as much. I think it's just not the first thing they think of. I think it's about, you know, they want to go wedding dress shopping. It's kind of the experience that they've seen on TV and their friends have done, which you can still go shopping and try things on, but maybe they're trying things on that you you found on a, a buy and sell or, you know, I know there are websites too, yeah. like a pre-owned wedding dress websites. We have a uh, dress rental, the dress library here in Edmonton, and they have a few wedding dresses. They're mostly event dresses, but they do have a few wedding dresses there as well. Okay. So that's fun. I mean, and this is something too that we can share with our our clients. Why not sell your dress after your wedding? And, you know, why not take a look at dresses that have been used already or or worn already? Yeah. End of life of your dress too. You can contribute your dress to something like the dress library Mm -hmm. or make sure that it does get reused. So even if you do, if you, maybe you already have a wedding dress because you've already had a wedding and you're like, I need to get rid of this thing. Well, there are places that will take it and then sell it to other people so that they can enjoy it on their own wedding days. Yeah, absolutely. But generally speaking, tuxes are rented anyway. That's just normal. Uh, 50-50. I, some couples or some grooms, I should say, uh, gentlemen will go and get one made that's custom fit, or they'll purchase a suit instead of rent it. Say they need a suit anyway. They're starting jobs or they you know, want to have something to wear to events. Right. So they might just one for the wedding that they then can keep. Right. So there's a bit of a mix. Okay. So again, you know, try to rent or get used if you can. If not, then at least reuse it. Get something that you can use over and over again. So maybe a suit over a tux because how often do you need a tux in your life? Right. Yeah. yeah. They, most people do wear suits versus tuxes these days anyway. <laughs> You know, and I guess, I mean, there's something to say it too about quality, right? Like if you, instead of, you know, purchasing fast fashion suit, get something that's quality that will last you for many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's something that you would advise as well. Yeah. And again, you know, if you're going to go new, maybe try to get something that's locally made, locally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just as local as possible as, Yeah. 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 Just things to think about. There's different levels, you know, wherever your comfort level is, just try to do the best you can at that level. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there is so much textile waste in the world and it's just, the more I hear about it, the more it's like, it just blows my mind. (laughs) No, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So photography probably doesn't really have a lot of, like, it's all digital. Do people get stuff printed out? I don't know. I would imagine people would hang and frame a few photos on their walls, but not like, you know, we used to when it was the the film days where we'd basically have to print it to see it, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, so you did, probably yeah. rent like props and stuff if you want to get silly with your photography. With photo booths. Yeah. Like yeah. Most photo booths come with props. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Those are all reused. That's good at least. 
So a couple things that I wanted to touch on. One is location. Mm -hmm. So if you're planning a wedding, obviously a local wedding is going to be much more environmentally friendly than a destination wedding, which is just something like a big environmental impact would be to try to fly all of your friends and family over to wherever it is you want to go. So try to have your wedding as locally as possible. And of course, people tend to come from all over. So I mean, usually I assume people have their weddings in the town that they live in. Usually. but Probably the majority, yes. Or, you know, their hometown where most of their family lives or something. Something where the least amount of traveling has to happen for people. Would be just right. something I would put in there to consider when you're planning. Yeah. No, you, you're right. And I mean, it is, I mean, destination weddings are... You know, they have been for many years quite popular. Something else that's in terms of travel would that's I've seen over the last five years is um, having your bachelor and bachelorette parties abroad as well. So, oh, yeah, like your- going to Vegas or something? Going to Vegas, going to Phoenix, going somewhere, you know, Palm Springs. So often there can be, you know, like three travel experiences within the wedding. Mm. And this is so tough. This is a tough one. Uh, this is one where I'm torn too, because for me, like life is about experiencing things and enjoying yourself. So I struggle with the travel aspect. I 100% I know how how horrible it is, and I agree with you on that. But I also struggle with the like, ex- you know, I want to tell people you should experience life and you should enjoy your your time. And if you want to get married in the mountains, or if you want to get married by the ocean, because that means a lot to you. And again, it's just something to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, you and your buddies go to Vegas, you and your buddies hop in a car and go to Jasper. Like, totally. Yeah. There's right? a, it's a consideration. And <laughs> if, you did, if you did choose to have a destination wedding, I guess that's where my point was. I was going with maybe your bachelor and bachelorette parties, you could keep those local. And maybe that gives an opportunity for people who might not be able to come, you know, to from the your destination. Hometown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of just lower, lessening your impact rather than having three international excursions in one year. Yeah. Again, just something to take into consideration with your planning. Totally. And then the other thing that I wanted to address is the size of your wedding. Because of course, then every guest adds on more things that you have to bring in. So Mm -hmm. the bigger, the, the larger amount of people you have, the bigger the venue, the more decorations, the more favors, if you're gonna have favors, the more food, the more like chairs and and all that has to go along with it so you want to share this with everybody but it's it's again if you're trying to reduce your impact it's something to take into consideration to keep your wedding as small as 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 you feel it is going to make the day special Mm -hmm. oh that's a really good point and i guess here's one positive that came out of covid is that i think people are now more open to doing really intimately sized weddings because they've seen that, you know, through COVID we had to, and hey, this is actually a good idea. I don't have to invite, uh, you know, 200 people. I can invite 50 and just, you know, my nearest and dearest and have a really special celebration with them. I have to say that we went through that with Christmas and how like the first Christmas in 2020, we couldn't go anywhere. So it was just the two of us at home. And I'm like, this is the best Christmas ever. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like I don't have to go anywhere. I can just hang out in my pajamas and do puzzles all day. <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of people. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, this is this is like the plan now. We're going to go visit people. We're going to do it beforehand. And we were going to have our three days of just sitting at home doing nothing and just no responsibilities and puzzles. And that is it. <laughs> Yeah. If you have 200 people at your wedding, you're never actually going to get to experience it with them all because you're divided, right? So maybe mm -hmm. having less people will make it that much more of an internet, internet, intimate, <laughs> intimate experience. Well, hey, you can use the internet. You can use you the can internet. Your event. And live stream it to <laughs> everyone else that didn't get to come to your intimate, very small wedding. <laughs> Well, and, and for some people and for some of our clients, 200 is intimate. You know, for you know, many cultures, having six or 700 people is the norm. And, you know, we are starting to see those go down a little bit because people are saying, you know what, I'm going to have a small wedding. And then it's, you know, it's still 200 people. But for them, that's a huge step. Okay. Yeah. Again, just something to consider if you are mm -hmm. trying to reduce your impact with your wedding. Oh, man, there's so much to cover. And I'm, I realize we're just really scratching the surface here. Anything else you want to add on there? Well, I think that I think we've gone through what I had in mind. Hopefully that gives everyone a little bit of food for thought. If you're thinking about planning a wedding or, or someone you know is planning a wedding and you can throw out some suggestions to them. You know, we can just do as much as we can do. We do want to make this day special. And I realize, like I said, we just barely scratched the surface. But again, get in touch with Jennifer and her team and she will help you out. Totally. Yeah. No balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Yeah. Number one. No balloons. All right. Well, if anyone wants to find you to plan their eco-friendly wedding, how do they reach you? <laughs> yes, we'd love to work with you on that because, you know, we're still learning and, and it's great to have couples who think the same way. So we're on Instagram at JB Weddings or JenniferBergmanWeddings.com. Beautiful. And that's the easiest way to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all of our listeners who tuned in. Thank you to our patrons who support us on Patreon and wastefree.ca because you guys help with waste reduction efforts here in Edmonton by supporting what we do behind the scenes. Thank you to Change Toothpaste who sponsor the podcast and cover the expenses of doing it because it's not free to do and it's all done by volunteers. If you want to get a hold of us here at Becoming Less, you can find us at becominglesspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at becominglesspod, or you can go to wastefree.ca slash becominglesspod for all the ways to connect and listen. Until next time, we can all be a little less than we were yesterday. I think I've been to one wedding in my adult life. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, two weddings. Nope, three oh weddings. Goodness. Okay, three. Here, now they're coming. Now they're coming back to you. <laughs>